You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. I'm Amanda, one of our Patreon members, and I'm joining for Movies That Molded Me with Chris, Omar, and Elizabeth yeah. today. Woo! Hey, these are the movies that molded me. These are the movies that molded me. Jala the movies. Jala the movies. Hey, one love. Hey, I like the movies with the boobies. Nice. Hell Woo-hoo. yeah. All right. Good job. Amanda <laughs> Keener. Hopefully your movie list is as good as your intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll bet her movie pressure. list is great. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Amanda, why don't you tell the listeners what our theme of Movies That Molded Me is today? Today's theme is time travel, Chris. Woohoo. Okay. So the order today, we always let our guests go first. So Amanda, you will get to be first on the list of uh, whatever your top. We're going to do three today. Top three time travel movies that molded you. Um, and then it will be Omar, myself, and followed by Elizabeth. Elizabeth's kind of got a sweet spot here because just in case someone uses one of hers and there are three, she can actually switch it out for one of the ones that didn't quite make her top three, uh, which is, you know, it's always a benefit for the person uh, to maybe get the most movies on the list, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Amanda, what is your third favorite time travel movie of all time? Okay. So the third one on my list is the newest one that's going to be on my list. Most of them are older. It's from 2013 and it's not your normal time travel movie. It's more of a mm. comedy and a romance, but I like uh, how they apply time travel to average life and it's called about time. I already had it written out before you said it. Uh, <laughs> got Domhnall <laughs> Gleeson, Rachel McAdams, and Bill Nye in it. And I love this one. Bill Nye? It's a good movie. Yeah. I just watched it this weekend uh, in preparation <laughs> for this uh, this segment here. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it as well. Bill yeah. Nye, the science guy. Bill, Bill. No, Wrong Bill Nye. Nye. There's a Y at the end. <laughs> I don't think Omar and Elizabeth have seen it. I have seen it. This is the one I was trying oh, to find. Dang. I'm so glad you said it. It's because on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here going, the time travel movie I watched on Netflix, what was it? I could not remember the name of it. This is it. I like this movie. Yes. <laughs> It, yeah, I it's good. This movie. I thought the time traveling in this one was not cheesy. It sounds weird because it's a chick flick. So most chick flicks already have the cheese ball factor. And I am a big chick flick fan. <laughs> so, you know, that's just, you know, um, just putting that out there. But this one was so fantastic. I just, um, I love how the guy in this movie finds the, um, finds out that he can time travel and then like how he uses it. It's just, I love it. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I love it because um, like he can only go to points of his, in his own life. Yes. So like his dad explains it to him. Like you can't do anything big and grand, like go back and kill Hitler or something. You can only affect your own life like that. Yeah. And I do love it because he tries to use it to help friends. And then like, that's how it costs him his first meeting with his girlfriend. Cause he ends yeah. up ta- changing time. And so I really enjoyed how this one played out and it didn't overcomplicate it. You could probably find some continuity errors in it, but overall, I think it's a really good movie. It's really good for a chick flick, and I really like the actor. Uh, what, what's his name again? Dominic? Or no? Domhnall Gleeson. Dom- he's yeah. a Weasley. He is a Weasley, and he's also in Ex Machina, which is a fantastic movie if you haven't <sighs> seen it. Yeah, it's really good. But yeah, yeah so- um, Weasley. 
Yeah. Huh. Which Weasley does he play? Bill? Bill. Bill. Yeah. I think so, Bill. yeah. All grown up. And <laughs> exactly. But uh this was actually a really good chick flick. I will say that I probably the time travel the you said you really liked the way the time travel played out in this movie. I actually I mean, I like the more like scientific ideas of time travel. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that the movie didn't touch on it because I think it would have ruined the chick flickiness of it. I think they just kept it simple. The fact is the guy can time travel who knows how, who knows why it is what it is. He goes into a dark space, clenches his fist and he gets to where he's going. Right. Yeah. And it has to be in his lifetime, which is like a temporal, like mental time traveling. So it's not like yeah. he physically travels back in time. His, his mind can go into his old self yes, and because he can't, make decisions um, back then that are he different. can't run into himself for any of those kind of errors. Correct. There's no doubles of him anywhere. So exactly. there's no chance of a time paradox or whatever, which is a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool idea. And and it's simple and it's a good movie. So I, I also enjoyed this movie. Omar, have you seen this? I have not. Mm, bummer. Well, who knows? Maybe if we all give it really high scores, it can make the final list. Uh, Amanda, what would you give about time on the grayscale? You know, I already wrote mine down, but maybe I should up it just to... <laughs> <laughs> hey you can do that you can do that all right i'm gonna give it because chris likes numbers like let's go with like a 3.5269 don't <laughs> 3.52 that's still 3.5 she slid in a 6.9 too at the end i like her style i heard that just keep rounding up okay 3.5 3.5 okay good uh elizabeth what would you give about time on the grayscale i'm gonna give it a three Okay, and I would also, you said (laughs) 3.1? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I would give this movie a three, and to me, that's pretty good. Do you have Excel Uh, up right now, Chris? Don't worry, I'm using better math than what I normally do. This gets a 9.6 on the grayscale. He's got a formula in Excel, so it can do it for him. That's correct. <laughs> cheating, cheating. The whole reason I listen to I, movies I and movies right. is to hear Chris do his math. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time it kind of messed us up because I got I got one of the movies wrong. I know. <laughs> oh. But that's okay. Uh, no one really noticed. And it didn't really make that much of a deal. It really only put one movie in front of the other by like a few points. And, and they, they all made the top five. So it worked out. So about time gets 9.6 on the grayscale. Very good first movie to start out this list. Uh, Omar, what is your third favorite time travel movie of all time? This was hard, Chris. (laughs) That that was, that was a dramatic pause. We'll see how long. (laughs) But um, this was hard because I mean, getting a list of three was hard enough, but I, I'm not even sure I have a definitive one or I mean, any of these can be like interchangeable. I feel like. Yeah. So I agree. This was really tough. I'm going to go with my number three <laughs> <laughs> time travel movie that molded me is deja vu. Uh, 2006 Tony Scott uh, directed movie with Denzel Washington, Val Kilmer, uh, Paula Patton. It's a really good movie. I love. (laughs) I see Amanda shaking her head. (laughs) What what happened, Amanda? I've never seen it. Uh, Okay, it's very good. Let me let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it. So uh, after a terrorist attack in New Orleans, ATF special agent (laughs) Doug Carlin, played by Denzel, (laughs) hot black man Washington. Joins top secret service program to find a bomber 
Um, no, so basically Denzel Washington plays an <laughs> ATF special agent who is working on some like top secret program that allows him to go back four days and four and six hours into the past and in, in, in such a way, like I'm not going to kind of give you a spoiler how he does it. Um, but basically like they it's know that it's not, it's not really ever explained. They know. Well, it, it is. <laughs> it, it definitely is in a very poor way. Have you, have you seen it? I watched it last night for the first time ever. You didn't, and you didn't like it's it. Um, got nothing. I liked it. I just, it wasn't that great. It sounds like you liked it. Or you just like being an asshole more. He <laughs> likes being an asshole. Clearly. Much more than. So anyway, so, so he basically has, to, he can go back four days and six hours into the past. And they know that basically it's a terrorist attack. It's going to happen again. And the whole plot or the whole storyline is can he catch up in time before the, the bo- another bomb goes off so it's uh i mean 2006 denzel washington's in kind of a handful of movies like this not time travel but where he's always playing a cop or somebody in authority and um i he's one of my favorite actors so it made the list he's a great actor that's for sure uh there was definitely good acting in this movie well, val kimmer uh, was going on his downslide in this one though <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's getting a little yeah, bit he, a little bit thicker. <laughs> oh yeah, he was looking rough in this movie, but Val Kilmer is a fantastic actor and I thought he did well in this movie even though he was probably going through uh, you know the beginning stages of his downfall. Um this was a it was a fun movie. I did enjoy it. Um I hated the science behind it. It was so hokey how they were like like I, I still don't even get it because how could they <laughs> see how could they see all the the stuff they were seeing? In the past, it's almost as if they would have had like a, a drone fly back to the past to be able to see what they were looking at. But you could see it on screen, and he had like little joysticks he was moving around to try to like capture certain things. And I thought that was super hokey and a really, really bad. It, it really took me out of the movie. I think if they had just left that out, it would have been much better. But anyway, that's my two cents. It's not that big of a deal. It's not going to ruin the movie for most people. Can I go like on I record and saying that I yeah. don't believe time travel is real? So like the science behind it for me <laughs> says that you still can't time travel. So time travel is real and we can get into this if you want to. It's it's all based on Einstein's theory of relativity. However, uh, you know, we don't have to get you can in go there to another time zone to. and you've gone in, into the past. No, technically really. uh, Chomby <laughs> is in the future. So he is in the future, but not in the sense that you think. It's <laughs> not just time travel. If if he were to get on the phone right now, he would be in real time talking to us, not in the future. Hey, okay. We need to so. again. These are movies, which is fiction. <laughs> Moving on. This is not okay. science, man. <laughs> this is movies. Entertainment. And I, the, the thing I liked most about it, the thing I like most about Deja Vu is the fact that Jesus played the bad guy in this movie, Jim Caviezel <laughs> from Passion of the Christ. I mean, he does look like a terrorist, so. <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, Jim Caviezel's been in, in now at least two time travel movies I know of, one of which being Frequency, which I don't know if it's made any of your list, but it's a pretty good one. Um, what do you give Deja Vu on the grayscale? So who's all seen this? Just me and you? I think maybe just me and you. Oh, have you really? Yeah, I saw it with Omar in theaters. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh. Did you? Who knows? Maybe not in theaters. Really hot. Maybe not in theaters. No, No, we weren't weren't together then, but I know we saw it together. I was like, how did we... We we got in the DeLorean, and we went and saw it in theaters (laughs) together. We did. We did. That's how it was. That's how it worked. 
I think Omar is going to want to hop into a DeLorean and go back in time and redo this one. But <laughs> let's see. Oh, I'm Omar, not, what do you do my deja vu? Deja vu on the gray scale. Like I said, I'm not, I didn't pick these movies because <laughs> of the science behind them. Because, again, I don't believe in time travel. So. <laughs> it's a real thing. It is. Um, I'll give it a. I'm going to help it out. I'm going to give it a 3.78. <laughs> Okay, that's a 3.8. 3.78 is an 8, a 3.8. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth, what do you give this on the grayscale? 2.1. I think that's a very, very good score. I will also give it something similar. I'll give it a 2.5. And let's go ahead and see what this one's going to get on the old grayscale, shall we? Keep it down there. (laughs) All right. uh, This movie gets... 8.4 8.4 on the grayscale. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> so it's right behind About Time. It's actually didn't it didn't do too bad. About Time has 9.6, Deja Vu has 8.4. I scored it so that it it uh it wouldn't go past About Time. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth. <laughs> Sorry, Omar. I did like About Time better than Deja Vu. <laughs> I also liked About Time Better Than Deja Vu. Um, My third favorite time travel movie, and some people might not even say it's a time travel movie, but it is because it's on a loop. And the person travels back to the same morning every single day for who knows how long. I'm talking about a time travel movie. It's totally a time travel movie. And I'm talking about a Harold Ramis directed, which he's directed a lot of great movies. Uh, Bill Murray starred, Andy McDowell starred, Mm -hmm. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Which is incredible. Um, And the cool thing about this movie is that the time loop is never explained, right? So I don't necessarily need one of my top three movies to be scientifically accurate or for it to get into the physics of stuff. Wait, wait, you just went off on Omar on that. And then your next one is just a contradiction of what you said. They tried to explain (laughs) it and they did a shitty job of it in Deja Vu. That's what I'm trying to say. In Groundhog Day, they never even try to explain it. It just is what it is. And I love this movie. This movie's hilarious. Bill Murray is in it. I, we all, I think we all probably love Bill Murray, uh, except for Chomby. Chomby hates this movie, so fuck him. Um, He's not American, literally. No, he just doesn't get it. Know. I mean, maybe if he celebrated Groundhog Day, but they don't even have winter over there, so there you go. See, um, that explains that zero <laughs> on Spaceballs. That's true. If you don't like Groundhog Day, then you know you don't have a soul. Might as well be a ginger, <laughs> like uh, like the guy from About Time. Um, <laughs> oh, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a great choice, yeah. Chris. I I Thank saw you. that on the list when I was trying to pick movies, and I was like, "That's going to be on Chris's list." So yep. I'm not going wa- to I'm not going to waste my pick there. So, but yeah, <laughs> um, Bill Murray is a stud. As much as I like him as an actor, um, he's one of those ones I feel like. All the, all the actors I respect the most are it seems like they play themselves. They play role. Yeah. They play the same character in every movie. Denzel Washington's another one. It seems like he's always like it's always the same character. Like maybe a little bit, a little nuances to the character, but pretty much you're, you know you know what you're gonna get whenever you, you you go see like a Bill Murray movie. Yeah, and when you mix Harold Ramis, the director, and Bill Murray together, which um, we're talking Ghostbusters, we're talking mm-hmm. um, Stripes. You know, I mean, these are this is a powerhouse here, a duo. And actually, this movie led to twenty years of them not talking because they kind of had it out, and and I guess Bill Murray was kind of uh, method acting and and being kind of a dickhead on set, and uh, it caused a lot of dissension. 
with them. But anyhow, whenever you really look into this movie, it's got a lot of heart because there's an actual moral to the story in the, there's a scene in the bar where he's talking to these regular Joes and he's talking about like, you know, can you imagine being stuck living the same day over and over again? And it's always horrible or whatever. And, and the guys that are in the bar are like, that's about sums up my life. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's almost like a movie that, that talks about, the monotony of living a life that you don't enjoy day after day. And so it's like, figure out what you like and make that happen. And then you can get stuck out of that rut. It's kind of what I get from the movie. But the the interesting thing is, is like it's up for debate how long Bill Murray is in this loop of, of living this day out over and over again. I mean, he even tries, it's kind of dark at times. He even tries to kill himself at least four times in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, because he's stuck in this day. But Harold Ramis, the director who is dead now, but he reckoned, that he was in this loop for about 10,000 years every single day over and over and over again. And then years later, he reduced it to 30 or 40 years. But whenever he was actually making the movie, he his mind was that Bill Murray was stuck in this loop for 10,000 years, which is pretty insane to think about. But yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I really like the way that they uh, just put him in a loop on a random ass day, Groundhog's Day and this you know, what some would, would think would be like a purgatory, like, uh, conditions or whatever, but it's, it's a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go check it out. Yeah. It's, it's one of those movies that is really high on being like rewatchable because I mean, obviously it's hilarious, but it's also when you can turn on and as you were saying, they don't really even try to um, explain the time travel. And so it's easy to watch. Like you don't have to think about it. It's not one of those super complicated time travel movies. You've got to pay attention to, to understand what's going on. And uh, you talking about how long he was stuck in the loop. There is even a point in the movie. You can tell he's kind of going mad. You know, oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he tries to kill himself. He, he, uh, he fucks up situations just for the fun of it. He's at one point, just not even trying. He's just lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, where you kind of lose a sense of time, too. It starts doing, like, some fast cuts through his days where it's just, like, day, 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 just showing you quick actions. Mm -hmm. And so you get a sense that time is passing a lot, and he's just stuck there. But, yeah, Bill Murray is, I mean, he'll be one of the greats. I grew up on him. And so a movie with him, and it's definitely going to rank really high. It was a really good pick. Did anybody else have this on their top three list? No. Oh, well, I'm glad I picked it then. (laughs) Not on my top three. That's okay. Well, I give this movie a 4.5 on the grayscale. All right. I'll give this movie a three on the grayscale. What the fuck? (laughs) It's not a a zero. Not a zero. Oh, my God. I've never given any of Omar's movies a zero. (laughs) That's Chombi. I wouldn't give you a zero. It's not a zero. It's a good movie. It's it's not even my favorite Bill Murray movie. It's not my favorite Bill Murray movie either, but it's, it's my favorite. favorite Bill Murray time travel yeah. movie. No, it's the only Bill Murray time travel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with three. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Is that your final uh, it's my answer? Fi- it's my final answer, yes. We're going to judge you on that for eternity. Absolutely. I hope you get stuck in a day forever. <laughs> Just because you gave this movie a three. It's called, it's, and that's it's called the only movie Western on Pennsylvania, television. and I've been here for five years. <laughs> well, technically, this movie takes place in Pennsylvania. Punxsutawney, right? Yeah, exactly. that's central Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> All right, Amanda, what do you give this right. movie on the grayscale? I am going to give it a solid four. Oh, nice. I 
Yeah, I really like this. It's one. like I, one I point more than I gave it, and that that's acceptable. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how it is. It's not one of my definitive favorites, but I just think Omar, you're trying to screw me over. But whatever, <laughs> Elizabeth. Well, I'll give Chris somebody else to hate. <laughs> oh. oh my god! <laughs> I did not. Can I like change this my movie. answer? I did. Oh my god! I did not like this movie. <laughs> I didn't How can you not like this movie? Because he was stuck in the day for 10,000 years <laughs> and then trying to kill himself. I'm like, just kill yourself and get it over with. But he it couldn't. It work. He just wake up every he tried. morning. I know. I realize this, but still, I did not like this movie. I'm giving it a one. <gasps> so there you shame. go. Get off my husband and you can hate oh. me now, Chris. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that one was a pity score. Mm. <laughs> Might have been. I cannot believe that we're going to have to give Groundhog Day a 12.5. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, that blows my mind, Elizabeth. All right. I'll remember that, though. They're lucky Chumby wasn't here. Chumby would have given it a zero. (laughs) Chumby would have given it a zero. Yeah, he doesn't like Bill Murray. (sighs) I at least gave it a one. All right. Well, I can't wait to see what Elizabeth has for her number three. (laughs) All I know is it's going to be scored really low. I bet. It's a one, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. Even if he loves this movie. Okay, now here's where I have to make a decision. I'm going to go my number three with... Bill uh, and Ted. What? No. 19, 1995's A Kid in King Arthur's Court. And you can laugh oh. at me. <laughs> it, it was, I think it was a Nickelodeon film. Let me check. Um, you can laugh at me, but because this is called... Disney? It, maybe it's Disney because it's called movies that molded us. I have to put this one on the list because mm-hmm. when we watched it, when it came out, um, I was a kid and we watched it and 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 watched it. Let's see. So in the story, it was the only VHS you had. Probably. <laughs> no, I don't think we actually owned <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds like a uh, groundhog day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. That's why she hates so, it. Um, so basically uh, an earthquake rocks southern california and the hapless teenager calvin fuller played by nicholas ian thomas finds himself careening through a whole turn in the fabric of time he wakes up in the middle ages where legendary sorcerer merlin played by ron moody recruits him to rid camelot of evil he used 20 calvin uses 20th century street smart camelot of evil (laughs) outwit the the despicable Lord Bellas Belasco, I don't know how to say that name, who is played by Art Malik, an in, insidious nobleman determined to wrest control of the throne of King Arthur, who is played by Joe's Auckland. Well, I'm glad that the movie probably, see, I haven't seen this movie, but I'm sure it plays out about how you read the synopsis there. So um, <laughs> unfortunately, Thanks, I can't Chris. give it anything on the grayscale. Uh, Kate Winslet was the princess. Does that change your mind? <laughs> She's pretty hot. And her her costumes in this movie, I know. Okay, so I know it's a kid. Yeah, but her costumes. I was say, she would have been like twelve back then. She Are you the only one that's seen then. this movie, babe? Really? What's uh, maybe? I don't know. But Are you the only, like, only person ever to see this movie? No, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. No, her dresses were really pretty, and I really like the scene in which Calvin. Cre- makes a pair of rollerblades. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. He's like, Merlin, I need some wheels. And he makes rollerblades. I thought that was cool. 
Wow. Yeah, it's inspired. Totally like a great cheesy '90s kid movie. It is definitely don't don't try to watch it now. We don't want to hear about it. And And then two years later, Kate Winslet was topless in Titanic. That's a much better movie to watch. Yeah, when she was fourteen. Yeah, she was not fourteen. There's no way. If she was twelve in 1995, she wasn't twelve in 95. Like I said, she was in Titanic topless like two years later. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> anyway, the point is, on the grayscale, I'm giving this movie a three. It molded me. Okay, I loved well, this movie as a kid. I think that's it's pretty telling whenever your top three movies of all time gets a three. Well, uh, it's Amanda this, Keener. But it's nostalgia. She's braiding it on nostalgia. It gets yes. a whole three points I, just for I nostalgia. Know if I watched that movie today, <laughs> I would think it's complete garbage. So I'm never going to watch it again. But my I fond memories as a kid, I'd give it a 2.5. I love it. Okay, good. <laughs> so, Omar, you haven't seen this movie? It. No, I've not seen this movie. I do have yeah, some sort of standards I, in my life. Yeah, good. So... This movie gets a 5.5 on the grayscale right where it it belongs, which is oh, dead last. Maybe like a 0. 0.5 higher than it belongs. Come on, Chris, but you it, can't it be bitching the whole night get a because I gave you a one. Your Groundhog Day is on top of all four of our number threes. So just That's true, but that's because it's a good movie. Shut your big ass right. pie hole. <laughs> Moving okay, on, Amanda, what's your I number will. two? <laughs> oh, okay. We're back to me. This is going to be a obvious one. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Chris. (laughs) No, no. It's an obvious one. 1985. Oh, my gosh. Are you really going to put this at number two? Are you really going to put this at number two? Oh, yeah. It belongs at number one. It's it's older than me. It's older than me, so I can put it at number two. Oh, my God. Oh my God. What's the movie? <laughs> She's going to put Back to the Future at number yes, two, and I'm going to be so sad. Putting Back to the Future, the original, oh my God. as my number two. Oh my this God. How could this it. not be your number one? Great because my number one's my number one. Oh, this is heavy. Chris okay. Is, well, Chris's mind is reeling right now. What is her number it's okay. one? My number one's going to be a kid in King Arthur's court. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, please continue. I apologize. Forgive my shock that you're putting the best movie of all time at number two. Go ahead. Back to the Future, 1985, Michael J. Fox, Christopher <sighs> Lloyd, Leah Thompson. And usually people don't mention Crispin, Crispin Glover, but he should be mentioned. Oh, he's the he, best he's, part of this movie. He's not even in the second one, even though everybody thinks he is. Okay, so 17-year-old Marty McFly is helping his, it honestly says it's his best friend. So I don't know what he's doing with his life if, the crazy doctor is his best friend, but <laughs> already. And uh, he's helping him with an experiment. It goes wrong and he gets shot back. Oh shit. I didn't write it down. where does he go to? 1960? 19, no, 1955. 1955 where he accidentally yeah. messes up his parents meeting and put his own future in peril. Yeah. Doesn't he like That's make out with his mom in that movie? No, no but she steals his fans. She does. <laughs> and Chris tried to tell me that that's not wrong because he didn't know or she didn't know it was her son, but she had no idea. She did it to a stranger still. So she's a horny teenager. Sure. People had hormones just like they do today. 
true. And plus, his name was Calvin Klein. I, I mean, was come say, on. And that's how we found out that his name was written on his underwear. <laughs> this movie is fantastic. And it's okay it that is. it's your number two. I would have my put this two. at my number one, but I'm not going to now. I'm going to shift mm. my movies up. But just know that Back to the Future is definitely, definitely the top of my list. However, um, you mentioned Crispin Glover earlier, and he doesn't mm-hmm. really get a lot of uh, notification from this movie. I mean, everyone thinks it's Michael J. Fox's, you know, movie. But honestly, every time Crispin Glover's in a scene, he steals it. He's an incredible actor. And like you mentioned earlier, he wasn't in any of the sequels. He chose not to be. He chose not to be in them because he was doing other projects. And he actually won like a landslide case against Robert Zemeckis, the director, because they actually used his likeness without paying him for it or even asking him for it. And it set a precedent in Hollywood mm-hmm. um, uh, after that. So, of course, anytime you use someone's likeness or, you know, you try to make someone look like somebody else in a movie, you have to you know pay them or, you know, certainly try to get their permission first. Um, but the movie's not even about Marty McFly. Marty McFly has no. zero character development in this movie. He does not change. He stays the exact same from one end to the other, which is like a big no-no in movie making. But the person that has the most development in this movie is the father. He changes. Mm-hmm. He makes a big change. That's so does, I mean, it changes yeah. the entire future. Absolutely. Because of the way he changes. Not because, yeah. I mean, Marty's just there messing everything up. Right. <laughs> and Leah Thompson's character, you know, Lorraine also has a big change too. Because at the beginning of the movie, she's an alcoholic. She's overweight. She's not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the father is just a complete nerd. He gets bullied, you know, even as an adult by uh, a coworker. Um, and of course, like you said, Marty McFly goes back in time changes some stuff. And then whenever he comes back to the future, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this since 1985, uh, his his family is much happier. They're more wealthy. You know, his father now has a good job and the bully uh, played by Thomas F. Wilson, fantastic character. Biff um, is now like kind of like their servant, which is pretty cool. Anyways, this is a great fucking movie. (laughs) It is a great movie. Um, I don't even like 80s cars, but I would get a DeLorean in a heartbeat. Fuck yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. And that's a one-off car. They yeah. were ne- there were DeLoreans after that. Yeah. They only made like 2,000 of those, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Christopher Lloyd is also amazing in this movie. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love him in this. He does such a good job as Doc Brown. Um, being kind of that spaced out genius where he misses all the average things in life. He's always thinking like big and above. I, I really love that. I do too. And I think all of the actors from this movie are defined like forever. Mm-hmm. Like these are their definitive roles. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, even Leah Thompson. So yeah, this is, this is in my opinion, the best movie of 1985, uh, probably the best movie of the eighties. Certainly it's brilliantly made uh, Bob Gale written Robert Zemeckis directed beautiful movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I can it's see from really Omar's good. Smile that he's going to give it low scores. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Oh, I, I it's I mean, I mean it's the better oh, no. of the all of the Back to the Futures. That's for sure. It's definitely the best yeah, one. Yeah, it's the best um, one. I like it. It's all right. I'm not unless you like Western. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also a great movie. Yes. Oh my gosh! I don't have anything new to say about other than. That fact that like if you're into conspiracies at all and conspiracy theory stuff, like it's kind of eerie some of the connections between the Twin Towers and Twin, Twin Pines Mall, Mall, Twin Pines Mall, and everything. Mm-hmm. I was watching this thing on YouTube. I'm not going to get into it. If you're into conspiracy theories at all, 
you know, look into it. It's really interesting. The director later wrote or had another movie. What was it? 20 years later, the wire or whatever. It's got uh Joseph Gordon Levitt kind of dressed very similarly to Marty McFly. Yeah. People say there's a connection, but we'll see. Anyway, it's it's a good movie. I'm not. I'm not going to shit on your movie, Chris. Don't worry. I just don't. This is not my movie. It's my this is movie. Amanda's movie. Oh, this is Chris's movie. Chris is, <laughs> he, he just his name should be like Marty. That's for sure. We will just call him Chris McFly from now on. <laughs> uh, Amanda, what do you give Back to the Future on the grayscale? On the grayscale, it's going to get a four point five. All right. So four point five, uh, Elizabeth. What do you give this one? I'll give it a three. Oh my god. Uh, Omar, what do you give Back to the Future on the grayscale? I'll give it a 3.8. Okay. Um, <laughs> this movie gets a five for me, obviously. Back to the Future, I cannot believe it's so low. Although, this is actually not too bad uh, of a score out of 20. One of the higher ones we've ever had. Uh, this movie gets a 16.3 on the grayscale. So, not too bad. So far, it is winning. Uh, as I knew it would. All right. Uh, <laughs> did you know that the original time machine was supposed to be a refrigerator, but they uh, changed it because they thought kids would lock themselves in refrigerators and die. And they probably would have. Yeah. So they, they picked a car. They only made like a thousand of that was yeah. safe. Why yeah. not? Why not? Do it in style. Only lose like a thousand kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good Lord. All right. That brings us to Omar. What is your second favorite time travel movie of all time, sir? Second favorite time travel movie. I'm going to go with a movie that molded me, hence the name. So we're (laughs) going to go a year after this Chris Sleek acclaimed movie. A Back to the Future. So 1986, Flight of the Navigator. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> the director, Randall, Cle- was it Kleiser? Cle- K-L-E-I-S. How you pronounce that? I think Kleiser. I think that's Kleiser? right. Kleiser? Yeah. We'll and uh, so the main character is this kid, Joey Kramer, and a bunch of other people that you'll never recognize. There's not <laughs> one person in that in the list of actors that I recognize. Yeah. Paul Rubens. Pe- what? The- Paul Rubens. Yeah. Who? Pee Wee Herman. Herman. He's the voice of the uh, the ship. Oh, he's yeah. the voice. Okay, yeah. I was say that makes sense. Okay, well, that's even a little bit more creepy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that, now that I'm about to read like the the, <laughs> the storyline, that makes it even more creepy. So, um, basically, in 1978, a boy travels eight years into the future and has an adventure with an intelligent wisecracking alien ship and so he's inside this alien ship the whole time now that you come to find out it's Pee Wee Herman (laughs) (laughs) but no it's uh, I I was I don't know probably around eight years old when I saw this you know and it's something that I saw a handful of times when I was a child and it really it's just a good it's a feel good type movie the the ship you know is funny and the kids relationship with 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 it's like he's kind of like a nerdy kid that doesn't have a lot of friends and he's you know is befriended by the ship and they have you know a really good relationship i mean i guess <laughs> yeah and it's one of the first like you know ai type movies you know like that like as a child that i got into so forgive me if i'm wrong but isn't sarah jessica parker in this movie oh man i'd feel bad i didn't let me look it up real quick is she i think she may be yeah 
I think she might. Now that you say that. I think I she's know. like the the person who works in the hospital whenever he gets taken to the, not the hospital, but the, I don't know, the government building where they house him. So as a kid, I thought this was a space movie. I never realized they time traveled. <laughs> well, it's an alien, it's an alien ship. So I it see how you true. can get that. Yeah. Yeah. But he does time travel because whenever he comes back mm-hmm. to his family, they're all old and he's still young. Yeah. I didn't catch that as a kid. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah. There she is, Sarah she is. Jessica okay. Parker. She's she's in there. I mean, how old would she have to have been though in that movie? She was young. She yeah. still looked like a horse face though. Oh my! Says <laughs> <laughs> <Chris>. the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, McFly. <laughs> this is a good movie. I mean, it's fun for little kids. They're gonna love it, you know. But as an adult, you're going, oh wow, this is pretty boring. Like <laughs> you know, probably yeah. an hour of just random flying around in the ship and stuff and, and having a conversation with the machine. Huey Herman noises. Yeah. It was one of those movies that when I came <laughs> back across it, I'm like, yeah, this is going to get on the list just because it, like you said, it, it brings back good memories. It's a good feel good movie. And it really so is. If you saw it when you're growing up, then you're old like me and you're enjoying this. <laughs> but, and if you're young and you haven't seen this yet, probably we, I don't recommend rewatching it <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> This is definitely one of those movies that molds you. So I think it's a good pick. I'm glad it's on the list. I would have never put this on the list. I'm glad you did. Um, Omar, what do you give this movie on the grayscale? We'll give this movie a 4.2 on the grayscale. Okay. Amanda, what would you give this movie? A 2.5. I think that's pretty good. And Elizabeth, you have not seen this movie, correct? Correct. I've not seen it, so I can't give it a a score. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a... 2.6 2.6 on the grayscale <laughs> because if I hadn't watched it uh, again last year, I probably would have given it higher, but <laughs> watching it as an adult really kind of fucked it up for me, I think. Uh, but this movie did get higher than deja vu and it did get higher than a kid in King Arthur's court. Uh, Fly to the navigator gets a total of 9.3 on the grayscale. Not so bad. Right. <laughs> well, I had to do a little bit of switching around since uh, you already mentioned Back to the Future. I'm going to take this opportunity to get a movie that I know is not going to make it otherwise into this list. And I had to choose between two movies. One of them is a movie that is really enjoyable to watch, but we've already mentioned it. Uh, we mentioned it in the Halloween movies because uh, it was Donnie Darko. However, I'm going to, in my second place, include a movie that was made for $7,000, low budget shot right here in Dallas, a movie that really does a great job with the physics of time travel. Uh, It's a little movie that none of you have seen, and it's going to not show up on the the definitive list. Actually, I think Amanda has seen this movie because we've talked about it, or maybe she knows about it, Uh, but it's a movie called Primer. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'd just like to say that Chris definitely tried to cheat after setting these rules of like how things are scored and you can't vote on something if you haven't seen it. He was in he was in the group earlier this week and been like, You have to watch this movie because I need you to be able to vote on it. I'm like, that's not how this works, Chris. Well, that wasn't this yeah. movie. That yeah, was... he popped in and he was like, Have you seen this movie? I just need to know. I was like, I'm that's not my gonna next tell movie. you. That's my yeah, next that, movie that's coming. That was up. definitely cheating because I almost Ooh. I didn't, but I almost <laughs> went into Fade Casters earlier. I'm like, 
I gotta ask if this is on anybody's <laughs> list so that I don't have to put it on mine. <laughs> but primer, you know what? I'm okay. I did watch the pre like the trailer for it, Chris. Yeah, and I don't think I could do it. Like it's a hard one to watch. It really is. It's mostly just two guys. Basically, they're trying to build something to become a startup company, and they accidentally create uh, time travel, right? Or at least invent it. And um, of course, with any time travel movie, once they figure out they can do it, they're going to totally experiment with it. So they do, and they keep going back and and. Uh, creating loops of themselves. And so they become infinite loops of themselves after a certain time. And um, eventually uh, what ends up happening, and I'm not going to spoil it because somebody's going to want to watch it. It's one of those movies that the character development, they did a terrible job at, but it's so good at the science and it's so interesting. It's like one of those things that makes you think for days after you've seen it. So you want to rewatch and rewatch it to try to figure it out. And you can, you can figure it out, but uh, it took me a couple of times watching it before I finally figured out exactly what happened. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to spoil it. I want you to watch it if that's something you think would be up your alley. Um, I give this movie, just because the story was not great as far as the character development and the cinematography, I have to be honest, is pretty shit. Um, that's the thing that threw me off about the trailer. I was like, there's a cinematography. I'm just yeah. Like- what is this? Well, I mean, it was it was made on a budget of seven thousand dollars. Even the you know? trailer, so it's, it's Chris, definitely like they couldn't even get the editing I right on the trailer. The audio was like louder than the than the talking. <laughs> like what's well, going? yeah, it, it's also considered an art movie. Yeah, for so sure. So it, it is. You have to take it as it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Chris said, it had a super low budget, so it's somebody working with what they got. It's just a um, it's an expression. It's a piece of art more Isn't than it is. All movies, art movies, though. Amanda, what is that? Is that like you could say <laughs> no, that, but no, yeah. there's some real crap that gets in the theaters. Yeah, certainly big budget <laughs> Hollywood, you know, executive saying, "Hey, make this movie." But here's the thing: the science is so good in this movie that they actually, the guy who directed, acted, um, and even wrote the movie, they actually have hired him on other movies to consult about time travel. Most notably, Looper. I don't know if anyone's right. ever seen that movie. Rank, rank this, but, just because mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, Amanda saw it too, so it might get. No, she didn't see it. Mm-mm. So no. I give this movie, like I said, because it doesn't do a great job of a few things that I think are pretty imperative to most people's tastes. I'll give this movie a a, a four, which now primers our lowest movie on the list, but that's okay. I'm totally cool with it. Somebody's got to be a bottom, Chris. <laughs> well, Seth isn't around, so I guess I'll oh. I guess I'll do that now. <laughs> all right, Elizabeth, what is your number two favorite time travel movie of all time? Uh, I need to consult with my husband. <laughs> Or if this movie is your number one. We just got on Chris about <laughs> not being able to cheat. So. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm going to go with the Hot Tub Time Machine 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Which, by the way, also has Crispin Glover in it, now that I'm thinking oh, yeah. about it. It does. Yeah. Um, it was either that or 13 going on 30, because I thought that I, I like that movie, too. That was one of the first chick flicks that it I really cute. fell in love with. <laughs> I know. I can't. I couldn't decide. Hot Top Time Machine is funny. It definitely has some, like, laugh out loud moments. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Like, it, yeah, I knew it was going to be like a stoner type movie. And uh, this one thing that me and Elizabeth do have in, co- in common is kind of like, like, the movies we like as far Our as comedies. comedies. 
comedy movies. Like just yeah. just that genre alone, like we really like. Yeah. And so anytime <laughs> there's like a stupid like comedy movie out that you know is like that, we're like, we'll go see it in theaters together as a date night or something. So uh, that's one yeah, of those that... date night movies, and um, I wasn't prepared to to laugh like like I did in that movie. So it was it was good, but <laughs> it is not on my list, babe. Well, Rob. Rob Cord- Cordry, Craig Robinson, Clark Duke, and John Cusack were the four guys. Clark and Craig were both on The Office, which would be another reason why I absolutely love this uh, movie. Because, you know, any hat tip to The Office. Yay, Daryl. Yay! And um, <laughs> they these four guys get stuck in the... Uh, they go into a uh, hot tub and they get sent back to 1986 uh, after they get in this hot tub. And they watch Flight of the Navigator. Resort. Anyway, and uh, they end up uh, coming back, uh, and their futures have changed. <laughs> and it's just there's just a lot of funny humor in it. It just is hilarious. I don't know that. Yeah, like Omar said, like the comedy in it is really good. Um, I really like the actors. Um, Craig Robinson, I think, is amazing. I I love his acting. His he's like. He's so funny, but so dry at the same time. And I can't quite put my finger on like how he's not a slapstick comedy guy. Like he's not Steve Carell. (laughs) He's, he's Greg Robinson. Like he's just different kind of funny, but yeah, he's hilarious. That's my number two. Yeah. It was, it was a good choice. I tried to put it on my list, but it was not, I got watched a trailer and I just couldn't put it on the list. Like, it's good, like like I said, like a lot of laugh out loud type moments in it. But as far as a movie, like for movies that molded me, I was like, ah, I just can't put it on my list. So, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. But here, here's the bad part. I know I started watching it, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry. This movie to me is pretty funny. I do agree, and it does have really great actors in it. Crispin Glover, uh, Craig Robinson, like you said, Elizabeth. Um, but I don't know about a movie that molded me. And I certainly don't know <laughs> about a top five definitive movie, uh, time travel <laughs> movie of all time, but whatever, it's your movie. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and, and rate it on the grayscale. Yeah. Elizabeth, what do you, uh, give this movie? I'm going to give it a four. Okay. So Amanda hasn't seen it. Omar, uh, what would you give this movie? I'll give it a four. I think that's a good number. All right. And I will give it a 3.5. And let's total that up. Somebody that's smarter than me would be able to do that in their head. I get a 11.5. There you go. We're giving this movie an 11.5 on the grayscale. <laughs> Omar had it figured before me, though. So, Well, he has, I mean, he's definitely going to be better at math than I am. He's going to be working with math all the time. Yeah, he's good at it. Okay. That brings us to Amanda. What is my number one? Your number one movie. All right. Well, when your movie doesn't make someone else's list, you get nervous. Because either my favorite movie is good or my favorite movie is trash. <laughs> I try to pick things that aren't going to be on okay. somebody else's list, though. See, I go the opposite way. <laughs> but what are we really winning here anyway? Clout. <laughs> Chris's respect or disrespect. Right? I was going to say, some people need that more than others, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, babe. It's me and Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Chris's respect. <laughs> you, you can start just contacting me, Elizabeth. We'll walk through your list and we'll rate them on what Chris will think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
So we should call it I'll the Chris scale. I'll bring all the movies to the kitchen first. <laughs> On the Chris scale. Yes. Well, if it doesn't match what I think, it's definitely not going to be a good movie. But whatever. <laughs> I suppose it's yeah. subjective. <laughs> I'm fading to gray on that one and disagreeing. I, I agree with you enough to like, I'll let you slide with comments like that because you do have good taste, but, but you are wrong. <laughs> well, like, thank with you, things sir. Like, you know, Back to the Future. But anyway, Back to the Future 3 <laughs> is a Western. Man. Back to the Future 1 is a Western. Yes. It is a Western. Yes. It, it, it is was a Western. Western. <laughs> is it a, but is it a good Western? <laughs> anyway, we're all we're doing yeah. time travel, even though we're traveling, traveling back to the, another episode. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So my favorite time travel movie is going to be from 1995, directed by Terry Gilliam, Bruce Willis, and Brad Pitt. Oh, my God. 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. Oh, my God. I knew that was coming. Oh, my God. Chris either hates it or... Well, he just he <laughs> just, just did a whole review it. of this movie last night. It was like he did like a five-minute polar review. <laughs> I didn't even see. That's hilarious. That's because I just watched it for the first time yesterday. Mm, you're lying. I think it's a good choice. Amanda. All right. I like I have not rewatched it recently. I'm just going off of like watching it in theaters, and like I thought it was a good movie. So tell us more about it. All right. So it follows Bruce Willis's character, Cole. He lives in a time where the earth has been destroyed by a virus and the remaining survivors live underground. They send him back in time to pay off his prison sentence to find out who uh, released the virus and stop it from happening. All right. So this is the kind of movie you really have to be paying attention to as you watch it. Um, The beginning of the movie opens with a boy watching a man die in the airport and the child is Bruce Willis, goes to him in the future as they're um, preparing to send him back. Um, he jumps back and forth quite a while, but he keeps coming in contact with a character named Jeffrey, who's played by Brad Pitt. The character has psychosis, and it's a very young Brad Pitt, and I love him in this. I was actually watching today how he spent time in a mental institute learning how to play the character. He put a lot of work into the role. And he's definitely the star of the movie, even though he's not. Um, Did he win like an award for this movie? He was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. yeah. He um, won Angelina Jolie. <laughs> that was not long yet. before that. Yeah, it's 95. Um, yeah, it was made in 95. So if you haven't seen it, the spoiler is that he is caught in a time loop. And by the end of it, you find out that um, they think Brad Pitt's the one that released the virus because his father has it. But um he isn't. He's more like a, um, I guess you would say he's like PETA. Animal rights act- <laughs> Yeah, animal activist. rights activist. There we go. Um, so he was just focused on releasing the animals the whole time. And that is the actual army of the 12 monkeys that they're looking for. Um, the real villain is a scientist that kind of covertly just releases it into the air through the airport. And um, so the loop is that the man that he sees as a child getting shot in the airport is himself. So it's just like continually playing that loop through the movie. And that was one of those movies at the end of it because it was one of the first time travel movies I saw kind of just left you sitting there like what? Cause he's just going back through it again and again. And you know that when he sees himself die as a child, it's like the loop just starts right back over for him. I don't hate this movie. It it was enjoyable. I, I I watched it because I knew it was going to make someone's list. And um, I'm glad I watched it. I just, it's so 90s. It has such a 90s feel to it. I know. Well, as soon as you said you watched it last night, I was like, yeah, that would be, that would be why. Yeah. 
No, I remember actually I watched this with my dad as a kid because he recognized that I really enjoyed movies like this. So he actually it got it and wanted to watch it too, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Like I, re- yeah, I remember it it, when it came out, people were talking about it. It had quite a buzz to it there. But mm-hmm. but like Chris said, I mean, like anything that was made in you know 1995, we talked about a few movies now, like Back to the Future in 85 and stuff. Where I mean, like, where's my hoverboard? <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess they do have those now within the last like five years. So. Yeah, but they're shitty. They're not the same. Yeah. It's like those Nike power laces. No one could afford them. They have them, but no one wears them. Nike powered laces? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. they have them. It's, it's like $1,000 for a pair of them still, though. It's they're ridiculous. Extremely rare. Oof. Nike made them for the uh, 30th anniversary in 2015. Okay. But Brad Pitt was not wearing the Nikes. No. <laughs> oh, that would be the problem. Elizabeth, did you see this movie? I have not seen this movie, so oh, I can't rate it. Yeah. But you say Brad Pitt, so now I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Very young Brad Pitt. Well, um, I would have to give this movie a... I'll give it a 3.5. It was good. I liked it. That's pretty good. For, I didn't for, hate it. On the Chris scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good movie. I'll also give it a 3.8. Well, obviously, I put it at the top of my list, so I'm going to give it a 5. All right. That's going to be a pretty high score. 12 <laughs> Monkeys gets a 12.3 on the gray scale. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, Omar, that brings us to you. Your number one favorite time travel movie of all time. It's me. I'm it's so me, it's curious. Me. Are you? I mean, you, you probably already know what it's going to be. I'm sticking to the theme of movies that actually molded me. So I'm going to go with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> 1989. <I> <laughs> um, the director, I think it's Stephen Herrick. Does that sound correct? I have no idea. But yeah, d- Someone I don't probably know if he directed again. anything else other than like maybe <laughs> the other two Bill and Ted's. But um, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, um, George Carlin's in this. And it's basically, you have Bill S. Preston Esquire (laughs) and (laughs) Ted Theodore Logan Logan. um, have a dream to start a rock band called Wild Stallions. But they are still in high school (laughs) and they're on the verge of failing out of high school and they need to pass their history report in order to. Damn history class. In order to. Yeah, I know, right? That was. That's the first class I failed too, actually, in high school was was history. Um, which now that I'm older, I love history. It's, it's so weird how that works out. Anyway, so they're, you know, kind of like the village idiots, you know, like just like airheaded rock band students in California, um, like Valley guys. Yeah, very, very much. Whoa, dude. <laughs> 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 it's, it's so, it's so funny. And they, and they end up like going back in time. They, they meet this guy from the, um, from the future named Rufus <laughs> who has this traveling uh, telephone booth that allows them to go back in time and they go back and start collecting all these historical figures so they can write their like history report. And it's pretty cool. Like you get to like meet all like the one that sticks with me for some reason has always been um, Napoleon. Like when, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, they met a, a handful of them, but for some reason, the, the points character when he comes to like modern day times and it's like trying to 
<laughs> like he's this short little dude who thinks like he's like a conqueror. And, uh, it's, 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 it's a funny, it's a funny, funny. They take him to show. a water park called Waterloo, <laughs> 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 which is hilarious. I, I couldn't decide like uh like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then the other one's the Bonus Journey, where they like actually Bogus like, Journey go. They die in that one, so it's not actually a yeah. time travel movie, but but this still. That's made my number one. Like I know it's not like like a critically acclaimed movie. It's not the science behind it. I don't even think they even tried to explain how their <laughs> no, of course <laughs> not their, their time machine worked. But um, nineteen eighty nine again. So I was nine years old, and this is the time where I'm seeing movies in theaters and stuff like that. So I can still remember. Like it definitely impacted me. I thought those dudes were so cool. I Hell wanted, yeah, they I were. I wanted to be Bill and Ted. So Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, because they ended up getting the babes. Right. Yeah, and they yeah, and it all worked out for them in the end. <laughs> like they were the coolest because they had like a big rock concert at the end where like Napoleon is like playing bass or whatever, everyone's playing instruments and right? Weren't weren't they all like or yeah. was that not? I that, think that, not that was the second one. Oh, I think okay. that was the second one the where they were where they had the band where they were playing in the first one, they just they nailed their history project because Napoleon uh, Socrates or Socrates, as he's really called, uh, Billy the Kid, Sigmund Freud, and all these Billy other people the are kid. there. Yeah. yeah, all these other people are there, like actually helping them do their presentation. So it is it's really easy to get the two movies confused because they they are so similar and and um, I mean it's mindless entertainment really but it's a blast it's a it's a fun movie to watch both of them uh they're they're really great i i thoroughly enjoy this movie too i'm glad it made the list yeah i feel like it's one of those ones like i said it's not incredibly an intelligent movie but i think it holds up yeah you know, just for like something just to kick in and, and laugh and i mean it's keanu reeves and you know he's yeah. hit or miss he's been in some like really good movies and been in some really bad ones and this is one where oh, yeah. there's not a whole lot of acting involved you know it's just i mean it's just fun and the guy was the alex winter like mm-hmm. it, he almost had a bigger role than keanu in this movie but yeah he kind of fell off like i've only ever seen him in one other movie and that's the lost boys uh he uh, played one of the vampires yeah. but uh, yeah other than that i do not remember him in anything else but he's so memorable as that character, you know? So, yeah. So I think they're making a third one. I think they're... They, uh, really? I believe so. I believe they've already uh, wrapped on filming, if I remember reading correctly. So, we should have another Bill and Ted out soon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, all the millennials will get to on the bandwagon and start seeing. So, that means that Netflix will probably have Bill and Ted soon. Right. And, and how about the fact that phone booths aren't even a thing anymore? So, like, are they still going to use a phone booth? Hmm. That's, That's an interesting question. thought. That's a good question. Huh. What does Superman do now? That's the question. Exactly. And is this movie a ripoff of Doctor Who? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh. definitely. Was Doctor Who? <laughs> Doctor Who was first, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Way oh first. yeah. It's yeah. It's really old. They definitely ripped the TARDIS. Police booth. It's a police, police booth. booth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The TARDIS is a police booth. That's right. Well, I'm gonna give this movie a 3.5 on the grayscale. I like it. It's fun. I'm going to give it a three for the same reason. It's been a very long time since I've watched it. So I don't remember it very well, but I know I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, I would be right there with Elizabeth. I'll give it a three, but it's been forever. 
Actually, as you were talking about him, I was sitting here trying to sort them out in my head. So I was like, is that the one with the Grim Reaper in it? And you're like, no, yeah, they died. The second one. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> but I know, it, be I know it's a it good movie. Be, yeah. The second be. one is better. Uh, Omar, what do you give Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? It's my number one. So I'm going to give it a five. And Holy shit. It's a lot higher. It's a lot higher than it should be. You know, Bill and Ted, way to... <laughs> Excellent party on. <laughs> oh my gosh. This movie's going to get 14.5. Yep. No. I think oh, no, it didn't. 16 not quite. Yeah. Back to the Future still in lead with okay. 16.3, followed right behind with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with 14.5. <laughs> <laughs> we got the best review podcast ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You know what, though? I'm loving this list. So far, the best movies are totally winning out. So it, it works out. It's all good. Um, I'm surprised that some haven't showed anymore. up. I'm definitely not <laughs> mad at you, but I still think you should have given Back to the Future higher and Groundhog Day should have been higher, too. But whatever. I'm not, I I'm gave not, Back to the Future higher. Should have been higher. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm just going to deal with it. Uh, technically, Back to the Future was also my number one, but I've, I've moved things up since it's already been mentioned. Uh, Arrival. The movie Arrival is my number one time travel movie of all time. And in fact, if anyone has anything negative to say, like time, it's not a time travel movie, you're wrong. Time travel happens. Okay. <laughs> you're not going to tell people to go fuck themselves like you did last time. <laughs> go fuck yourself if you don't think it's a time travel movie. I'll defend the time travel in this movie to the death. <laughs> it's um, just not obvious. Right. It's, it's not, not in your face time, time travel. Movie. Yeah. So in this movie. This um, isn't an alien movie? Yeah, it is. It's an alien <laughs> movie too. Yes. So here's why this movie's so great. Okay. And why it means so much to me. This is why this movie molded me is because it has lots of elements of sci-fi, which I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. So aliens, time travel, uh, you know, spaceships, physics, you know, how is, how the hell is this spaceship just like suspended there? But it also has to deal with something I'm super passionate about, and that's linguistics. Okay, because the uh, the person that they get to come and interact with the aliens because they want to understand them, of course, is a linguist. So they they uh, get a hold of Amy Adams' character, uh, who it's a female lead, uh, directed by Denny Villeneuve, who is one of my favorite directors out right now. Uh, he's done some fantastic movies like Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario. Um, He's just an excellent director. But anyhow, uh, Amy Adams, female lead. Jeremy Renner is supporting uh, cast along with Forrest Whitaker. Um, super well-directed. Cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. The score is incredible. Uh, but I guess the premise of the movie is really important. So there's these aliens that come uh, and they look so fucking cool. Like no aliens you've ever seen before, right? So they've got like seven legs. They call them the, the uh, heptapods. Um and the goal is to try to understand what they want, right? So the army uh, pulls in this linguist who, you know, they're saying, hey, wh- what are they saying? She's like, I don't know. I need to be able to figure out their language, you know? So she uh, she gets them to actually, like, use their written language, which um, they're able to kind of like, I'm not sure what it is, but it's maybe it's smoke, maybe it's ink or whatever, but they're able to shoot out uh, to put out their written language. But it's not it's not linear. It's not like you would read from left to right. Or if you're reading Hebrew, right to left, it's not like that. It's circular and it's meant to be 
read all as one concept, not as like a flowing sentence of words. It's nonlinear orthography, basically. Um, and it's really cool because it it's logogram. And come to find out, whenever Amy Adams' character is learning this language, she's starting to perceive things differently. It's actually, and this goes along with uh, this hypothesis that's the Sapir Whorf hypothesis, which is basically language influences everything about you, how you think about things, how you perceive things, how you experience life. Uh, a lot of linguists would laugh at this theory or this hypothesis, but the movie uses it to great effort. Um, but basically she starts to, because because with her language, English or whatever, she's a, uh, um, she's a linguist, so she speaks several languages, a polyglot. She reads things literally. There's a beginning and there's an end. But with their language, there is no beginning. There is no end. And she starts to experience time this well, this way in a nonlinear fashion. So there is no past, present, or future. She can see her whole life as a whole, and she's able to actually like uh, – one thing that comes up in the movie is a lot is if you knew what was going to happen in the future, would you change it? And she actually decides not to change it. Uh, to let things play out, even though there's a tragedy that's going to happen. Uh, and I won't give away too many spoilers, um, but uh, it's it's a beautiful movie through and through. And it really, um, it, it resonates with me because, you know, even in my life with the tragedy I've experienced, would I change it if I knew that that was going to happen, you know? And the the answer is, I don't know. But the movie really makes you think about those things and it really makes you ponder uh, your life story and makes you think about like how you would do things differently if you knew what was coming in the future. Anyway, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see this movie. It is. It's a really good movie. I um, really love how it plays out as far as you're kind of driven to think she's having flashbacks at first. Correct. And it gets a little confusing because as people from her supposed flashbacks start coming in, she doesn't seem to know them if you start picking that up. So, I mean, there's kind of subtle clues given to what's going on. And as it all pulls together, is just kind of one of those things that makes you go, oh, wow, as you're watching the movie. And that's very memorable. Yeah. And um, it didn't make my list, but I guess I just, sorry, I didn't think of it as a time travel movie. This is actually the one Chris threw at us to see if we'd seen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I had to look it up because I was like, is it a time travel movie? I guess so. Um, Because there is like a specific plot point where um, I guess you say war is about to break out as it does in alien movies between humans and aliens. Um, And there's a specific person that says something to prevent it from happening. And um, she kind of has this memory of telling him that. Correct. But she'd actually never met the man. And he tells her later that he felt like she wanted him to say that kind of deal. So the way it all pulls together is really good. She has to transcend time uh, in the present to access future knowledge of past events. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is time yeah. travel. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I get so giddy about this movie. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> smiling from your ear right now. It's one of the, like, I'm not an emotional guy, but like this movie gets me, you know, it, get, it really gets to me. It's so good. Has anybody besides Amanda and I seen this movie? I have not seen it. I, it was Bummer. one that I really wanted to see, and I just have not watched it. I love Amy Adams, and yeah. I love the idea mm-hmm. of another I office like alien person. Movies, <laughs> and I'm an office. Yeah, she's another office person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it, I was I was just looking here. I knew it won a bunch of awards. It was nominated for eight. It had eight nominations at the Academy Awards that year, at the 89th Academy Awards. 
and including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, it won for Best Sound. Yeah, and then the sound is incredible. Amy was nominated for Best Actress at the Golden Globes for the same thing, and and again the Best Score. The music won a couple of awards at some other award shows as well, but it, I mean, it looks like it did very well in Hollywood, but um, I have not seen it and I want to see it now. Yeah, I hope you guys will check it out. I think you'll really, really like it, even if you're not able to vote on the grayscale. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to have to say I haven't seen it just because the way you were describing it, like, seems so compelling that I want to see it, but it was one of those things like, when I was looking through the movies, it seemed familiar to where, like, if you would someone asked me, have you seen Arrival? I'd probably be like, yeah, I think so. But no, it's something that I need to see. And obviously, you're incredibly passionate about it. It sounds like a great movie. And I like Forrest Whitaker a lot. Um, so, I mean, he's another one who's can be hit or miss for some reason. He's a great actor, but he's been in some dud movies. But um, yeah. this this looks great. Um, I I don't think I can vote on it because I I mean obviously I would think I would remember some of the stuff you're talking about because it seems like a very compelling movie. Yeah, um, I think you would. I think you would have remembered it. Um, and it's okay. It's all, I, I didn't expect it to make the list anyway. So I I, I still put it there, even knowing that it probably wouldn't make it. Um, but I, I'm certainly very happy to include it in this list and I hope it will get some attention from people out there who haven't seen it. So I'll gladly watch it when I get a chance. How about that? Sweet. Yeah. I think you'll love it. I give this movie a fucking five on the grayscale, obviously. <laughs> what do you think, Amanda? Five. I'm going to give it a 4.3. Okay, cool. So that's a total of seven. 9.3. 9.3. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try, <laughs> oh, try to do it in my head. That's no. what happens. 9.3. Hey, it beat out Deja Vu. It beat out A Kid in King Arthur's Court. It beat out Primer. I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Tied with Flight of the Navigator. It did tie with Flight of the Navigator. You're right. We're going to have to have like a battle with those movies. More people have seen (laughs) Flight of the Navigator too, so it's kind of sad. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth, that's going to leave you with our last number one movie. My top... Time travel it's movie is is Omar. No, two thousand seven. I haven't seen that one. Just kidding. Disney <laughs> Pixar's Meet the Robinsons. Yeah, even heard of this. No, I know it. It. I know it's not one of Disney's most popular ones because there were no princesses in it. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely. Love this one. It's one of the ones. So I like Disney movies. Pixar that is not print that are not princess movies. Um, I want to own every single one. So basically, it's about this kid who is an orphan, and he's waiting for a family to adopt him. And he, uh, let's see, his name is Lewis. He's a boy genius, and he has decided he's an inventor this little kid and he so he's always inventing stuff and every invention just seems to drive away potential families that want to adopt him so he finally decides he is going to build a time machine in order to go back in time and tell his biological mom to keep him basically is what he tries to do so he makes it and it works but then it gets stolen by the bowler hat guy and the rest of, and then he ends up um, time traveling forward in time because this kid, let me see if I find his name, 
Wilbur Robinson comes in to his times into Lewis's time and says, you have to come to the future and save the past. And the rest of the story is that. And basically, so this kid Lewis, who's been looking for a family the whole time, ends up finding a family through the course of the movie um, because of just who he is. (laughs) And I think what I liked so much about the movie was that it was an adoption story in the end. And I, I have, I mean, we adopted my brother and that was around the time this movie came out, we had a conversation with him about how he was chosen to be part of our family and our parents were just stuck with the rest of us. And that's basically what this kid finds out is that family is what you make it. And family is, it can be who you make it because if you're adopted, you're chosen. And so I don't know. I love this movie. I've seen it. I think it's a very sweet movie. Um, I think it's often overlooked. I, I don't even know if it actually yeah. went into theaters, but it is so yeah, I funny. Know. I love the, the bowler hat guy is always trying to run his schemes. And um, I mean, the hat is actually, you find out the hat's really in control. <laughs> yeah. It's got like yeah, advanced AI. Hat's actually its own character. But um, because he can time travel too, he's doing things like going back in time and bringing a T-Rex to eat the little boy to keep him from, you know, it's I just can't get him. I've got a big really... head and little arms. <laughs> I just don't think this thing is very well thought through. yeah it's got some great lines like that just fantastic lines chris chris that uh boiler hat you would know this i feel like did they rip that off from a help me out guys here i'm having trouble trying to figure out what a bowler hat is the cartoon with the ducks (laughs) and scrooge mcduck Money banks. No, uh, he has a top hat. Ducktales. Ducktales. Okay, so there's a Ducktales episode. You remember this day yes. where the they're aliens, but they were yeah. the, their hats, and whenever yes. somebody would wear the yeah. hats, they would control them. It, so did yeah. the Robinsons rip rip that part off from? I mean, I, it could have been a ripoff, except that Ducktales is part of Disney. And Meet the Robinsons is part of Disney, so maybe they didn't have to pay any royalties, so they could just expound on it and turn it whole the whole well, hat into a movie. And uh, Meet the Robinsons <laughs> was a children's book, but I don't know if the bowler hat's actually in the book or not. Hmm. Bowler hats yeah. are those like black hat that just fits right over top of your head. Yeah, and I'm looking has it up a now. And like a b- bill all the way around it, pretty much. That kind of like rounds. all the way around. Yeah. So, do and, we own this, yeah. babe? Yes, we do. I thought so. Yeah. So I've. I haven't sat down and watched this from start to finish, but it's one of the ones I know the kids love it. It's on often downstairs. They do. There's one part where the bowler hat takes over in the future, in an or in an alternative future. How do you say it? Um, they don't like that part, so we always have to fast forward it. So, um, and Carmen is straight up terrified of it, but otherwise, yeah, Aww. it's on. She's scared of a lot of things, though. So. Well, I'm sorry I can't give this any score. I've never seen it. It sounds charming, though. It is. It's a really good yeah. kids movie. Alright, so yeah. let's... What do you give it on the grayscale, babe? I'm gonna give it a five. I Don't will... you dare give it a five. <laughs> give it a five! <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it until you said that. If this oh, makes man. the top five list, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. I can't. I will give it a 
2.8. Yes. Um, <laughs> almost a three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. What do you think, right. Keener? Um, okay. It didn't make my list, but this is actually a really, really good movie. And I know I've watched it a dozen times with my kids and it's one I can't actually enjoy. So I'm going to give it a 4.8. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's tally this up. Oh, good Lord. That's going to give this movie a 12.6. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. I believe it may make the list. Um, (laughs) I think it's We're ready to go ahead and. (laughs) Oh my God. Read us, read us um, the final results there, Chris. How, how, do, how right. do we do in our movie reviews here? <laughs> so this is what I have, and you corroborate it, okay? Make sure I'm right. All right, at number I five. At, <laughs> at number five, we're all we've got... We're going to after this movie's a mold me. <laughs> I know. I just... This is the most ungrade thing we've ever done. This, this top five list is my least favorite list we've ever made. Only because okay. your movies didn't make it. Actually, technically, well, one. one of my movies did make it, but I would have also chosen Back to the Future if you hadn't said it. I would have done that Only one over one Primer. Only one of your movies didn't make it, so quit bitching and give us the top five. <laughs> All right, so at number five with 12.3 points, we've got 12 Monkeys, Okay, uh, which hey, was Amanda's pick. Yeah. Thanks. All right, <laughs> at number movie. four with 12.5, we've got Groundhog Day which I'm super excited that that made the top list because it is a fantastic movie. Uh, Somehow by some miracle, maybe I do believe in God uh, (laughs) at 12.6. We've got meet the Robinsons. I've never seen this movie. It's probably great. Um, After that, I feel bad for Groundhog Day now. I do too. They got beat by Beat the Robinsons. I do too. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Omar's the only one who was allowed to say that because he's seen both movies. Chris, I'm not listening. I apologize, Bill Murray, if you hear this. Yeah. Ever. Um, It's not too late to go back and change your score on Groundhog Day, Omar. Just kidding. It's too late. We can time travel. Is that what you're saying? That's right. (laughs) Um, There's no science that works for Chris. At number two, I'm with my, te- my telephone booth, yeah, you're gonna need to for this one. Uh, number two, with 14.5 points, we got Bill and Ted's yeah! Excellent Adventure. <laughs> Excellent party on! Oh my gosh, uh, no way! And at number one, where it should be with a total of 16.3, which may be one of the highest scores we've ever had on this movie, does it molded me? Uh, is Back to the Future, Jeez. which is an excellent choice. <laughs> How did that happen? Is that math right, babe? She I may want to check my math. Yes. I think there's a hanging Chad someplace. <laughs> Chad Johnson hanging out somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was fun. Amanda, thank you for coming on. Thank you for picking to do time travel. Thanks for doing the intro. You're amazing. Your husband's amazing. Your kid, they are amazing, amazing people. Yeah, yeah. Well, Peters, thank you. Much love. And um, <laughs> to all you guys who listened to who made it through this, if you want to scream at our list, um, please, please come to Marco Polo. Tell Chris that <laughs> he's <the> wrong. <laughs> 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 Clearly, we need help telling him he's wrong. So please come to Marco Polo <laughs> to do so. On what universe yes, we need some people to knock him down does a few Bill pegs. and Ted beat Groundhog Day? 
this Bill universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bill and Ted can be okay. Groundhog Day, but I don't know about Meet the Robertsons. Yes. That one's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little weird. That one's padded. Someone come uh, to my well. defense, please. <laughs> <laughs> Movies That Molded Me is brought to you by support from our Patreon and the Fade to Grade Network. You can join the Patreon by heading over to patreon.com slash movies that molded me. And if you really want to help us out, pick up your phone right now and give us a five-star rating. And thanks for listening to the movies that molded me. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Gabe. And I'm Nick. And we host the Facing Off Podcast, and we are inviting you to give our podcast a listen. On Facing Off, Gabe and I take two movies we find to be similar, and we compare, contrast, and rate them in our own unique way. We pair movies across all genres. As long as there's a common thread between the two movies, we'll face them off. We also give these movies awards at the end of the episode. Sometimes we even rank our favorite movies uh, based on some specific criteria. So after finishing this podcast, please go and listen to Facing Off, which can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts simply by searching for Facing Off. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter by looking up Facing Off Pod podcast is all very scientific we don't have time to get into it right now i guess you'll just have to listen to find out i guess so 